Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads. We're here to serve you in any way that we can. For more information about our resources or our church, you can check out hope at crossroads.org. Online, you can find access to other resources like devotionals and study books. Thanks again for joining us. And now let's start this week's message. So appreciate the heart of Anna Sheehan Burgess. <laughs> I got to remember that. I got to remember that. We are grateful for her being with us uh, the rest of this month, and I know that you will uh, let her know how grateful you are for her being here. If you've got your Bible, I want to encourage you to open up to Hebrews chapter 2. And uh, while you are turning there, uh, I know we have some special guests with us today. Uh, if you're visiting at all and you're not a regular attender or member of Crossroads, you're a special guest, but uh, I know our friend uh, Alex is here in home, and uh, we are glad for that, and I know this is the last Sunday you might be with us for a while, so praise the Lord. We're so grateful uh, for her being here, and uh, also Robbie and Jenny McMakin, glad to see y'all this morning. Thank you for coming and straightening up, Mary Beth and Steve, we're grateful for that. Marianne and Steve, and um, also our Coast to Coast partnership, their camp started the after school program and summer program, their first week of summer program started uh, this past week, and the one that's kind of directing that program, uh, our friend Ed Harley is visiting with us this morning, brother, glad to see you here, I know they had a great first week, 20-ish or so young people, and it keeps doing this throughout the summer, we're praying for that, maybe some of these 100 kids that are plugged into Bible school this week, we can recruit and get to stick around for a little bit, little bit. So, hey, we are glad that you're here. Hebrews chapter 2. Last week, we talked about the fact that God actually speaks. Uh, and uh, some people in the world wonder if, if that's true. God is still alive. He's still on His throne. He still is speaking. He speaks through circumstances. He speaks through His Word. He speaks through people. Uh, he speaks through the power of His Holy Spirit. Uh, he speaks... And I don't know about you, but if you think about that, you might wonder, uh, as Anna even mentioned after some of the songs, why in the world, if that is true, why in the world would the God of all creation, this majestic, powerful, creator God, why in the world would he want to speak to little old me? We're going to talk about that this morning, because God has something to say to you and to to me. And uh, I meant to grab a cup of water to kind of illustrate this point this morning, but if I had a cup and just imagine a little pinhole in that cup and it was slowly just leaking, uh, that's the way we all are uh, as human beings through life. God tries to fill us up and we get out in the world and the culture and chaos that Anna was talking about and it slowly kind of sucks us dry and that is one reason you hear me say so often that it's so important that we gather together as believers not only corporately as we're doing now but in our small groups, Sunday school classes so that we can fill each other up and the power of the Holy Spirit can fill us up because we are a leaking cup. So let's look at what the writer of Hebrews has to say Hebrews chapter 2. And you'll know Hebrews chapter 1, he talked a lot about um, how he spoke, how God spoke in ages past and in the present. And after all that he says in chapter 1, he gets to chapter 2. And some translations start off chapter 2 with this word, therefore. 
Now, my translation, I've got the New American Standard, says, for this reason. But no matter your translation, he basically is saying, everything that I said in chapter 1, based on everything that I've said in chapter 1, here's what I have to say to you, chapter 2. Therefore, for this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard. Lest we drift away from it. For the word spoken through angels, if the word spoken through angels, proved unalterable. And every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? After it was at the first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard. God also bearing witness with them, both by signs and wonders, and by various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to His own will. For He did not subject to angels the world to come, concerning which we are speaking. Now let me stop from it. If you remember in chapter 1, He talked about Christ being supreme, bigger, brighter, stronger than the angels. He's kind of reflecting on that again, just to remind us that there is only one supreme being. And His name is Jesus Christ, Christ alone. Verse 6, But one has testified somewhere, saying, What is man that thou rememberest him? O the son of man that thou art concerned about, and that thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Thou hast crowned him with glory and honor, and hast appointed him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in subjecting all things to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him, but now... We do not yet see all things subjected to him. Verse 9, For we do not see him who has been made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Let's just stop right there for just a minute. There are a lot of things going on in our world. And uh, I know that some of you have that wonderful gift that I have, which is ADD, DDDDD, attention spans are just so small. I know I read many, many years ago that uh, the reason commercials had gone from 60 seconds to 30 seconds, now some of them 15 seconds, because our attention span is so short. As a matter of fact, in 2004, this statistic I saw this week measured the average attention on a screen is two and a half minutes. Some years later, we found 75 seconds. Now it's Only people can pay attention for about 23 seconds. 22, 21, 20. Our attention is crazy. And the writer is saying, hello, pay attention to everything that I said in chapter 1. Listen up, pay attention. And our attention Span has to be increased. It makes sense that he tells us to pay attention in light of everything that he said about Christ Jesus in chapter 1, that he's supreme. He's saying pay attention. And actually that word pay attention, some translations actually say a little bit better. Some translations say give earnest heed. Now, let's just talk about those two because they're actually different. Our, Our modern day English does not do the word of God justice sometimes. When we think about paying attention... Some of you, and I'm one of these people, forgive me, think maybe you can multitask. Well, I'm paying attention, but I'm also doing something else at the same time. And what you'll find is sometimes when you multitask, the thing that actually needs most of your attention is maybe not even getting most of your attention. It's only getting a little bit of your attention. 
And so the, the stress of the word here is not actually just some translations like uh, the New American Standard says attention. That's actually not a strong enough word to what he's saying. He's actually saying give earnest heed as if this morning you've come to church and I'm going to give you another clue to tell you where a million dollars is buried within 50 yards of this church. And if that was the case over the next several weeks, I was to give you one clue a week for the next six weeks, you and I would pay earnest heed to what was being said, more than attention. That's the stress that he's trying to give here, to give earnest heed, not just so that we're hearing, but so that after we have heard, James says it this way, we could actually hear and then do what it is that we've heard. Give earnest heed to what has been said. So, Still bears the question, why? Why would we give attention? Why would we give earnest heed to what the writer of Hebrews is trying to tell us about the sovereignty and the supremacy of Christ? Why would we want to do that? Why would we care? Why would the creator of the world choose to speak to us? Well, the first thing that we see here that he says to us is this. He says he is speaking to us so that we will not drift away. We will not drift away. It's easy in our culture to drift away. It's easy to slowly just drift away. As a matter of fact, you can drift away by doing absolutely nothing. You don't have to do something to drift away. The way that you drift away is by doing absolutely nothing. That's how you start to drift away. And that's why the writer of Hebrews is saying... God of the universe is speaking to you, trying to get your earnest heed, trying to get your earnest attention so that you do not drift away. Now, the ancient Greek word here is a word that actually means to slip or to leak, like a cup that has a little hole in it, or to slip away, to slide away, like snow falling off of a tree as the sun comes out. That's the analogy that he's giving here, is that we can slowly start to drift away like food slipping down the windpipe of your throat. It happens very easily. You don't think about it when you eat. You just swallow and it just kind of slides down your throat. We don't have to do anything to uh, drift away. What's interesting and you, you know this just as well as I do, because some of you have been in this church a long time. It's interesting to see how we as people, we as followers of Christ, can slowly drift away. Departure from the faith comes from a slow drifting. You and I have seen people where one day they're walking with Jesus, and the next day maybe they're on the national media, and you and I go, how in the world did that happen? Because we thought they were really close to Christ, or they were walking with God, or whatever happened, and we think it just happened like it went from here to here. No, 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 no. It was a very slow drifting that had been happening for a long, long time that maybe no one recognized, and then all of a sudden it looks like they went from from here to here. Does it happen that way? We can slowly drift. And when you and I receive these gospel truths that we get into our mind through our own personal devotion time or our worship time or in small group study or Sunday school study, when we get these truths of God into our mind, we're in danger. The writer is saying we're in danger of letting those things slowly, slowly slip out of our Minds, because I don't know about you, but the older that I get, I'm realizing my mind is a very weak vessel. And I start to forget things. And where I've placed things. 
And when you move and you put all your stuff in all these boxes and you don't label the boxes very well and then you go to try to find things and it's like, oh my gosh, which was our experience this week. Where are those clean pair of socks that I need or clean pair of other things that I need that I can't find because they're all boxed up? You start to realize how weak the human mind can sometimes be in our minds and our memories. They sometimes don't retain what's poured into them. And that's why the writer is saying it's so important. He's not just saying, church, he's not just saying to you and I, give earnest heed one time, and we check that off of our list and we move on. It would be nice if life was that way, but it's not. He's saying this is a repetitive thing that we must give earnest heed and attention to over and over and over again and try to lock that in and get that ingrained in our brains and our minds and in our hearts because... We are a leaky vessel and we are prone to drift away. What's the hymn of faith say? Prone to leave it, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love. We're prone to do that because of our human nature and because of what's happening around us that we slowly will drift away without having really to do anything. The corruption of our nature, the subtlety of Satan, the way he tries to infiltrate our minds and our hearts and steal away the word of God when it comes to us, sometimes like thorns that choke up a good seed. I was thinking about in a conversation with a friend this week, all those things happen as a result of living in a fallen world and all those things will cause us to slowly drift away. So God speaks to us, the creator of the world speaks to us repetitively and continuously and powerfully through his word and through his spirit and through people and circumstances over and over and over and over again because he knows I am prone to drift away. And he loves us. I'm so grateful for what Anna had to say this morning. Because some of us are so busy and we're so beat up on Sunday when we come in. I'm I'm that way sometimes. We don't don't understand that the God of the universe is singing over us. He loves us. He delights in us. He wants us not to drift away. Why? Because He has a powerful thing to say to us to help us live the abundant life He's called us to live. Not just to meander through and oh is me and woe is me and barely get through life. No. He wants us to accomplish and to achieve and be a part of the eternal abundant life that His Son came to bring us. And so that's why He speaks to us. The same way you and I speak to our own kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews. The same reason we try to say things to them and speak into their lives. Say, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you should do it. Hey, think about this. The, thing, the reason we do that. And so we have to be careful that we don't drift away. He says, pay close attention. Give earnest heed to what we have heard lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense, and every transgression and disobedience did deserve a recompense, and he's going to tell you what that was. It, was the, it had to be paid by the sacrifice of God's Son, Jesus. He tells us then in verse 3, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? So the first reason God speaks to you and I, and there's many, One of the reasons that we see here, the first reason that we see here in this text is the first reason is so that we don't drift away. But the other thing that he says to us here, the second reason, is to save us from disaster. God speaks to us to save us from disaster. 
I love that phrase that he says there. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Neglect comes from uh, another Greek word, amelisentis. I want that we will be tested on that, all right? That's just for me. I like looking up some of these things because they give you a lot of insight. And it's actually the same word that he uses in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, of people who disregarded the invitation to the marriage supper. They neglected the invitation. There was probably, it's probably been a few months ago, I got this email in my, in my inbox. It was like a uh, buy one, get one uh, steak dinner at Longhorn. Now, I, I, like, I like Longhorn. That's a nice place to go. I mean, it, it beats Burger King, okay? <laughs> it's good date night, right? So I got this in, in the email, and I thought, well, I'm going to save this. I'm going to tuck this away. I'm going to surprise uh, Lynette. I'm going to take her out to dinner one night. I got busy. Wasn't quite as attentive to things. One week passed by, two weeks passed by, and I finally remember, oh, I'm going to take her out to, to this nice dinner. I go to my email, I'm getting ready to print it out, and look at the expiration date, and it was like last week. Uh-oh, I missed the opportunity on that. I neglected to take opportunity at the time. I did not pay attention. I neglected to do what I had the opportunity to do. That word neglect is so important. As a matter of fact, it actually would be better described as contempt. Some of you I know are in law or you're familiar with law. It would almost be as if the judge in a, in a courtroom issued something or said something and you ignored what he said and the judge would say, I'm holding you in contempt of court. In other words, you are neglecting the judge's authority. It's the same kind of connotation that the writer is saying when we neglect so great a salvation, we ignore it. We would be disregarding in that courtroom setting, we would be disregarding the supremacy of the judge. And sometimes, by the way, he's writing to Christians. He's not writing to unchristians, non-believers. He's writing to believers. Sometimes we as believers neglect how great the salvation Jesus Christ has given to us. This word he's giving us is to believers. Again, not those outside faith. The danger that he's describing is not rejecting salvation. The danger he is describing is neglecting our salvation. And forgetting... What happened on the cross, what had to happen to redeem us, sinful man, to have a relationship with Almighty, Holy God, so that we could hear God speak and communicate to us. He's reminding us the way that happened, the mechanism, the person that crossed that chasm to be, for us to be able to hear God speak is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we can neglect that sometimes. You say, Pastor Jack, how do, how do we neglect it? I can, I can give you some ways I neglect God's salvation. Maybe that some of these apply to you. I just wrote down a list. These won't be on your screen as I thought about this week. Here's the first way I've neglected it sometimes. Making light of it. Say, so what do you mean? How do you do that? Make, making, making light of our salvation, making light of the family of God, making light of brothers and sisters in Christ, making light of our fellowship time. Oh, I don't really need to go to church today. They can have church without me. Making light of our small group community. They don't really, they don't really need me. I don't really need them. Not, not caring 
for it. Not thinking it's worth my time to acquaint myself with it. Not regarding either the worth of the gospel or my own desire of it. Here's, here's one I wrote down. This is for me. Not using my energy and all of my endeavors to discern the truth of it. When I'm not willing to use my energy and all my endeavor and all my passion to find out and discern what God is trying to say to me, what I am saying to God is, I am taking light of the salvation you've given me. It's too much time to get up, Lord, and have Bible study with you. It's too, you, want it, you, want, you want it 10 minutes this morning to have a devotion or prayer? God, I'm too busy. I got, when I do that, I'm saying to God, I'm neglecting the great salvation that you've given me. It's not worth my time this morning. I've got other things to do. Some of you are looking at me like, wow, you do that? Don't look at me holier than thou. We all do that. We get busy. We don't pay earnest heed. When I forget the goodness of God, I neglect His salvation. I started thinking about, why, why do I... Maybe this sermon is just for me this morning, by the way. It's okay. Why do I neglect it? Then here's some questions. You know me by now. I just make mental notes to myself as the Lord speaks to me. Why do I neglect something? Let me, let me just let you hear these conversations the Lord and I had this week. Just for a second. Why do I sometimes neglect my spouse? Why do I sometimes neglect my children? Why do I neglect my family? Why do I sometimes neglect the fellowship of my church? If you were asking yourself those questions, the Lord probably gave you some similar reasons that you do that as I do that. But as I was thinking about it this week, of all the reasons and, let's be honest, excuses and explanations that you and I could come up with to neglect the salvation of God, the the Lord kind of boiled it down to me with one particular thought. And I tell you what, it hurt. (laughs) And here it is. We do not neglect something that we consider to be great. When we were moving this week, (laughs) you find all kinds of stuff. And uh, we got rid of a lot of stuff before we moved, but even as we were going through stuff, we were like, okay, you know, I told Lynette, I'm like, I have... Probably about 60 t-shirts. Kind of like my friend Heath. You know, when you've been a student pastor and you've been to all these camps, you have all these t-shirts. And they have, they have a memory. Every t-shirt has a memory. So I don't want to get rid of them. But the reality is, as my wife so lovingly reminded me this week, she's like, you don't wear 60 t-shirts a week. True, I usually wear the same seven are six or seven because they're comfortable, which is why we do laundry because come you know the weekend we wash the same six or seven. Then why, pray tell, do I have those other shirts? And what am I going to do with them? So reluctantly, some of those got sent to the Goodwill. And then I'm digging around in another box, and I find in this other box a photograph. And it is a picture 
of a 1968 candy apple red Ford Mustang convertible. Yes, let's just get a witness right there. I heard it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. And I'm looking at that picture, and I just got through studying for a little while, and I was taking a break, emptying some more boxes, and I'm looking at that picture. And the Lord kind of, you remember that? Man, when you had that thing, after your favorite TV show would go off, you'd run out to the garage and you'd clean that thing up. When you would occasionally drive it, you'd take three parking places because you didn't want anybody dinging the side of it. I mean, you took care of that. You, you managed your time around it. You managed where you parked. You managed places that you went. You managed things you did. You did all of that because you considered that thing great. And I just sat there looking at that picture going, Wow. It is great, but it's not as great as the salvation of Jesus Christ. And oh, that I would consider something as great as the salvation of Christ. I would give it the ample attention and earnest heed that it deserves, and I would not neglect it. And here's the other Thing that the Lord kind of said as I wrote, was writing. If you don't consider something great, you leave it to convenience rather than commitment. If you don't consider something great, you leave it to convenience rather than commitment. In other words, if I don't consider, just example, if I don't consider Crossroads family... Great. And our fellowship great. And our worship time great. And my small group community great. Then my attitude would be, I will come when it is convenient for me. Church, I can't do that. Because you are great. Only because of Jesus. Jesus. And our fellowship is great only because of Jesus. And what God wants to do in us is going to be great only because of Jesus. But he wants to do it through us. So why is this salvation that he's speaking about, why is it great? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? I just want to give you a few reasons as we wrap up this morning. Here's the first one. The salvation is great because it includes a great Savior, we're saved by a great Savior. He tells us this in verse 9. We don't see Him, Jesus, who has been made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, he says again, because of the suffering of death, He was crowned with glory and honor that by the grace of God He might taste death for everyone. What a Savior! That Jesus would taste death for every single one of us so we would not have to ever taste death. The physical death that we will taste is only stepping through the one door into another life of eternity with Jesus if we know Christ. What a great Savior. 
And if you keep reading, for sake of time this morning, I encourage you to read this chapter on your own. But he gets down to verse 14 and he says this, Since then the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, that's Christ, likewise, also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil. So we're not only saved by a great Savior, but it was a great cost. It was his flesh and blood on the cross. He himself died. God himself sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life, everlasting life. will never have to face the power of death because Christ Jesus defeated the power of death himself. On the cross. What a great, what a great cost. But we're also saved from a great penalty. In verse 17 he says this, Therefore he, Jesus, had to be made like his brothers in all things, that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. What in the world are all those big church words? What in the world is he saying? Here's what he's saying. Jesus Christ came. To reconnect the relationship, the fellowship, from us to God. He was the bridge. We don't have to go to a priest. You don't have to make an appointment, though I'm happy to meet with you. You do not have to make a weekly appointment to meet with me and say, Pastor Jack, I need to run down my list of sins that I've committed this week and ask you to go to the Father for me and pray and ask Him to forgive me. Because of Jesus Christ, He is our high priest. We can go to Him anytime we want, driving down the road, standing in the shower, wherever we are, singing, praising God behind the steering wheel, school, at work, wherever we are. We can go to Him because He is the one that made propitiation, which means he paid the penalty, he paid the price, he paid the ransom for our sins. That because of our sin, what we deserve, what you and I deserve, was death. The wages that we earned by our sinful life was death, the wages of sin. But praise be to God, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And here's... Again, something that I wrote down as I was thinking. The reason some people neglect their salvation is because they never see it as salvation. They merely see it as receiving something, not being rescued from something. The reason many people neglect their salvation is because they just see it as, I received something. And that's part of it. But I just didn't receive something from God through His Son Jesus when I came to know Him. I was rescued from something. I was rescued from death, hell, the grave, living for eternity separated from the Creator of the world. That's what I was rescued from. Praise God, that is not where I'm going to be and that's not my option. Because Jesus Christ, our supreme Commander and our supreme king came to make it different for me and for you. And so here's the reality this morning. Did you get the email? Maybe you missed that free coupon for a meal. 
or for a BOGO, buy one, get one, it's okay. You're here today and God's speaking to you. And unless you walk out the door without receiving and without realizing God has rescued you, if you've never given your life to Christ, unless you walk out that door, you won't miss the opportunity because the opportunity is now. And maybe you've come here today and you need to surrender your life to Jesus. He is our supreme commander. Maybe, you, maybe you've already done that. Maybe you're already a follower of Jesus. And like me this week, as you've heard God's word today, you've been reminded that it's so easy with all the distractions not to give earnest heed to what Jesus is saying. Because he's speaking. He speaks every day. He speaks every minute. Sometimes I'm too busy to hear it. But he's speaking. All the time he's speaking. And he has something to say to you today. And something to say to me. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, I do believe you're speaking to our hearts. I do believe, God, you have something to say to us, even to me today. And Lord, maybe, maybe for some of us, we just need to confess to you, we have not given ample attention, ample earnest heed to you could be in our devotion time it could be in our prayer time it could be through your word we just haven't we just haven't given earnest heed we haven't given attention we've been distracted it's okay it happens maybe this morning we just need to confess that to you and say lord help me help me to give focused earnest heed focused attention to you because you're speaking Lord, for maybe some in this place, we have neglected how great a salvation you've given us. Thank you through the music today and through your word, you have reminded us you are a great and mighty God. And the salvation that you've given us is so great. I pray for these friends in this place, my family, my church family, for myself, Lord. Would you renew that passion, that reminder in our hearts of how great of how great the salvation that we have is, how great our Savior is, how great the cost that was paid, the penalty, where we would be without the salvation of Christ. Lord, for friends in this room today, if there's one in this place that would say they don't personally know you, in just a moment, I pray they would respond as you speak to them through your Holy Spirit. Church family, I'm just going to ask you right there, give you a few seconds in your seat just to pray this morning. Ask, ask the Lord what He wants you to do, how He would have you respond. And if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ, if you've never received that great salvation, it's very simple. You just call out to Him and say, Lord, I need you. I'm a sinner. You are the Savior. Thank you for paying the penalty for me so that I could hear from God. I could have a relationship with God. If that's the desire of your heart, you can do that from your seat. Or in just a minute, Anna's going to lead us. We're going to stand. We're going to have a closing hymn, an invitation song this morning. My friend Stephen and my friend Heath will be standing here with me. If you just need to pray this morning, you can come do that at these steps. You can grab the hand of one of us. We'd love to pray with you. Just pray that you would do what God's leading you to do today.
during our time together. Father, I pray you'd have your way during this invitation. We give it to you and give your spirit freedom to work. Pray you do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's sing together as Anna leads us and you do what the Lord lays on your heart to do today. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads. We're so glad that you joined us for the message today. If Pastor Jack or any of our team can serve you, please reach out to us. You can send us an email at jack at hope at crossroads.org or by visiting our website. We would be most grateful to know where you are listening because we have people all over the world listening to our podcast. You can send us a message through our website. We would appreciate your prayers for us as we are in the midst of a building campaign to reach more children and families in our local community in Greenville County, South Carolina. If you would like to help, you can always make your gift online at our website, hope at crossroads.org. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads.